This is the I Went Down to the River podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawken football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. Today's guest was a captain and two-way starter his senior year. He was a member of two playoff seasons during his high school football career. Offensively, he was a weapon at fullback, whether the ball was in his hands or he led the way for his teammates. On defense, he left his mark as one of the most accomplished linebackers to play for the Hawks. The top 10 record book is a place where you will find his name for many defensive season and career stats. Maybe most impressive is number two all-time in total tackles. On the roster, he is number 34 and was a member of the 1992 team. Please welcome to the podcast, James Hardiman. James, thanks for uh, joining us on this trip down to the river. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> First of all, I didn't, I didn't know that, um, but uh, that, is, that is good stuff. Thanks for having me. So James, one of the uh, first ways that we are going to start all of these interviews is for you to explain your earliest memory of Hawken football. Yeah. So um, I would say, and, and as, as by way of a little bit of background, I, I came to Hawken in fourth grade. Um, I was a, I was an East Cleveland kid that moved to Beechwood and then my parents uh, put me into Hawken. Um, and you know, even though my dad played sports uh, in in high school, he he was never really one to to push him on me much. So when I showed up at Hawking, um, all of these kids and and all of the athletics that they were they were into was was you know way I was out of my depth uh, athletically. Um, but I would say, and so there were a lot of sort of football at Hawking memories. But the first Hawking football proper memory, I would say, is, is 1987. And so um, my the, the first organized football I ever played um, was was 87, which, you know, anybody that listening to this podcast would know that that also happens to be the year um, that that our varsity football team had had more success than, than ever. Right. Um, and so going into uh, seventh grade, uh, Roger Hecht, Nolan's dad, and um, I can't remember his first name, but but I'm pretty sure it was Andy Sims. Andy Sims's dad uh, put on what they referred to as Camp Paradise, um, and the idea was that this was the first thing we did. Actually, I want to say it was before practice, official practice even started, uh, and so it was sometime probably. Um, it was probably early August, but it was a, it was a two night camp where the varsity players came down and, and practice with us. Um, we didn't play football per se. It was a bunch of drills. Um, but you know, it, it was, you know, OJ and, and Marcus and, and Mel and Kickle and all those guys, um, who at the time for me might as well have been the Cleveland Browns coming down to, to practice with us. Right. I mean, I, I was so new to football and, and it's funny. That's actually the year that I, I got into football overall. If, if you remember that 87 was the year of the drive, right. Yeah. Uh, earlier on that year. Uh, and so, 
Um, to say that I thought of the Hawken varsity football team as, you know, on par with the Cleveland Browns is, is not as a, as a whatever, 12, 13-year-old kid is not overstating things, I don't think. Um, and so to then have this camp paradise um, where those guys came down and you could just tell um, how much fun they were having, um, sort of the brotherhood that they had created um, and, um, I, I was hooked almost, almost immediately. Um, I, I happened to be on a team. I remember being on a team with OJ and we did a bunch of drills and, and we won. And there was just, there was, I was a little bit starstruck, even though again, you know, it, it wasn't for, for a while that I truly appreciated just how good OJ was. Um, but the, the bigger deal was that the starting um, football team at Hawken took the time out to come spend time with us, right? It, it could have been whatever. It could have been Otis Jenkins and, and Marcus Smith, right? Um, the fact of the matter is we were important enough for them to sort of plant that seed in us. Um, and I, I really do think that that, that started a lot. Um, I mean, there were, there were guys in my class, obviously your brother, you know, but Nolan and, and Bill Mann, who um, I think were, were already sort of deep into, to going to games and, and following the story. Um, but for somebody like me, that, that was my first real exposure. And it, and it, to say that it got off to, on a, on a good foot is, is an understatement. That's a, uh, that's a great first memory of the uh, football program. Thanks for sharing that. And of so, course, I mean, I, I would also, you know, throughout that year, I went to another, a number of other games, um, you know, got on a bus at some point um, that whatever, November, um, and went to the state title game. Um, and so, I mean, that was, um, I mean, you were there, obviously, but th there was a certain level of um, the seed planted in the back of my head, uh, a, that, that I wanted to get back there never did, uh, at least in football. Um, but also this, this Columbus Academy thing, right? Like all of a sudden there was this team that I'd never heard of, um, that, that sort of beat us up at least on the scoreboard. And so I think years later, uh, whenever we played Columbus Academy, those were those were some truly special games that meant meant probably more than they should have. But just given that that history. Yeah, I think we will. Uh, I think we'll be revisiting matchups with uh, Columbus yeah. Academy here yeah. in a little bit for sure. So so you have that experience as a young student watching with just these huge eyes on this this varsity team and you start to become now a member of the middle school and now you graduate and move up to Gates Mills and you're on the varsity team. Yep. What, uh, what did it mean to finally have those wings on, to have them on your helmet, to be a part yeah. of that program? I mean, that was huge. Um, I mean, I, I, so back then, as you know, uh, freshmen didn't, didn't play on the varsity team. Um, but, uh, the la what I think was, if memory serves, was the last game of the season. We got they we got called up. Yeah. Um, and the story there is, you know, everybody's sort of going through jerseys, 
and there's this one jersey that's sort of on the floor, um, <laughs> like like against the wall. It was this 32 jersey that I picked up, and I remember going to your dad. Well, hey, coach, what about this one? And and I got the, you know, I uh, no. <laughs> so you know, 34 it is. Um, but that was huge. I mean, we we um, our freshman football team was a was a cast of characters right um and I, I do think there to some degree there's something lost not having a freshman team where you sort of get to control everything right and 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 it, you know even as the youngest people in the school really bond together without you know thinking about the the bigger picture um but when we were able to to, to get called up and play against um gilmore i believe it was um, is that right? I'm pretty sure it was Gilmore. Week ten at our pl- uh, was it week ten at our place or? Yes. Yeah. And it would have been 1989. Does that? I don't, yeah. I don't know. We could we could figure this out. I'm pretty sure it was Gilmore. Sure. Um, and I got in at linebacker and I I made a tackle, um, and I was so excited. And then uh, Mr. McCracken said Andrew Jimerson on the tackle. <laughs> <laughs> So you both so had like, threes. Oh. You both had threes at the beginning of your uh, jersey. Exactly. exactly. Now, uh, having said that, uh, Mr. McCracken has has made up for it in spades. Right? <laughs> you talk about me being whatever on the tackles list. There's a lot of those tackles that um, I was just in the vicinity. Oh, come uh, on! Getting tough on yourself there. But he he knew my name, so so uh, never never hurts to have somebody in the in the you know stat booth. Uh, but no, it was a it was a big deal, um, and I was you know unbelievably excited. For sure. Um, so, so through the years, your group, your grade, um, I would categorize as a very tight knit group. Sure, a group that uh, was skilled, but was definitely um, close in bond yep. in uh, in all that you guys did, and as a senior class there were 15 members i think if i did the uh the math correct on that one um talk about those relationships and the building of them and going through this common goal and this common challenge of of a sport that at times is not as easy as maybe it appears on the outside of uh the team yeah so you know, the story of, of the 1992 Hawks, um, hopefully I, I can uh, give you the abridged version, but, you know, it, it really did start, um, you know, going back to seventh grade, uh, a lot of the, the, the key members were there. Um, I remember at some point, um, and obviously we always had this connection, right, to, to the varsity team because, you know, your brother was one of our best friends. He was, he was in our group. Um, and, but I remember, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. So Clint Bradley and I, um, I want to say it was, it was end of eighth grade, sometime in eighth grade. Uh, maybe it was even summer after we really thought we were going to win a state title and, and sort of avenge those, you know, 87, uh, players. And we, <laughs> I remember we sat down on uh, we were talking on the phone and we started to type uh, put together this like screenplay 
of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of once we won the, the, the state uh, championship, you know, we were going to write this book slash screenplay. And, and um, the opening scene was, was uh, you know, the 87 title game and your dad, you know, with some look on his face and then sort of pan out to Scott, right, with the same eyes. And then like, you know, you sort of roll it forward and, and I'm sort of getting chills thinking about this ridiculous uh, thing that we started <laughs> typing on my Apple IIe back in 1988 or nine, probably. <laughs> um, but you roll that into uh, freshman year and the, the beauty of football is that you? We got to start school. I don't know, three weeks early, four weeks early, um, and so we had a good team in eighth grade. But then we added to that um, Bobby Mallett, uh, Matt Krug, uh, two big uh, parts of of what ended up being our team. Um, now that I'm saying names, I'm I'm sure I'm going to miss somebody that we added at that point. But we obviously already had you know Clint, myself your brother, Nolan Hecht, Bill Mann. Adding you know, Anthony. Well, well, yeah. So Anthony yeah. came. Anthony did not play freshman football with yeah. us. So Aunt Cassette showed up um, shortly after because I'm pretty sure he was there as we were getting, like, uniforms to play freshman hoops. Um, so it must have been November of 89 um, where Cassette transferred to Hawkins. Um, and so all of a sudden, I want to say we won, we, we won all but one game our freshman year, the, the one game being against U.S. Um, and then, you know, we're adding who, who was clearly the best athlete in the group, right? Um, and so that was a big deal. Um, and we, we all meshed, I think, pretty quickly. I mean, even, even going back to that, those summer practices, um, you know, spending time with, with those guys and, and, you know, getting to meet Mallet and Krug and we all became good friends, I think very quickly. Um, and then you add Calcet to the mix and, and he's, you know, he's the, the, the straw that stirs the mix. Um, and you know, we were thick as thieves for, for years from there. Um, we come up as sophomores and a couple of us started. I mean, I started from day one as a linebacker. Calcet started from day one as a as a tailback. Uh, Mallet started from day one as a defensive end. Um, you know, I, I I I was pretty terrible my sophomore year, but I was out there. I was you know playing, um, and we were a tight group. I remember you know at there at, at times when you know the seniors would want to pick on us, like we stuck together. Um, and I think that that mattered, um, at, you know, as, as you roll things forward, um, fast forward to our, you know, and we were undefeated that year. Right. And as much as it was a blur, um, you know, we contributed to that. You know, even the guys that weren't as, weren't starting were contributing as sophomores. Um, and that's that's a big deal, for, particularly at a time when freshmen couldn't play. Um and I don't know that that there weren't high expectations for that team. I want to say that the team the prior year was maybe five and five, um, six and maybe six and four, six and three. I'm pretty like sure that. it was five and five. Yeah. Five and five. Mm -hmm. um, 
And you had, you know, Trip McCracken coming in at quarterback that, you know, expectations weren't huge for him. And, and he was awesome. Um, and you had, I, I think, as I think about receivers at Hawking between Twyman and Lacey, like that, that was a dynamic combo that was, that was sweet. Anyway, I could talk about this forever. Um, but our junior year, so coming in, you know, sort of circling back to this aspiration of, of, you know, making a deep run into the playoffs, ultimately going back to, to, to win it all. Um, we weren't too far off, right? So your, our freshman year or our sophomore year, we go undefeated. Um, and again, that's, we're sophomores, but we played a role our junior year. We lost one game in the regular season. Um, so we were, you know, nine and one. We beat Akron, uh, Manchester. Uh, Akron, Manchester? Manchester. Akron, Manchester, yep. <laughs> and, um, uh, we, we, uh, you know, we, we ran into a buzzsaw called Warren JFK, right? State uh, champion, Warren JFK. State, state champion, yeah. Warren JFK, uh, quarterback by Tim Ryan, now Congressman. Ryan. Congressman, sure. <laughs> I might not, add. Not and, small in stature and not, no, uh, not short in arm strength. No, we couldn't, we couldn't tackle a guy. It was, it was kind of nuts. But the fact of the matter is we had made it to the second round of the playoffs um, our junior year um, and, uh, and with a lot of contributors that were that were going to be coming back for for their senior year. I mean, I I, um, I mean, I was first team all state as a junior uh, Cowsett, who was obviously the best player on on arguably on the team as a junior and one of the best players in the area. As a junior, he was all state. Mallet was one of the, the probably the leading tackler in the in the county. Uh, as a junior, your brother was coming in at quarterback. I say all of this to set the stage for, you know, we had high expectations for our senior year, but I don't think we were the only ones. Like I don't, I don't think those were unrealistic unrealistic expectations that we could make another, you know, deep run into the playoffs, and and particularly because we had seen. Um, so many people coming up through the system that that from there from year to year made big jumps in in talent and, and effectiveness. And if if we if you sort of extrapolated that for us, we were going to be really good. Um, and then the wheels fell off. I mean, I, I would tell you, I mean, there were so many things that happened our senior year. And, I, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but, you know, the, the first and foremost um, there were a lot of injuries. I mean, I, I got hurt. Um, the, the last preseason game screwed up my ankle. It seems like a small thing, but I don't think I was right the whole year. Um, mallet, I think separated a shoulder. I think, is that, is that what it was? Um, in the, the second game against Lakeview, I believe it was. And, and he missed some real time. Krug, um, Krug as Krug, well. Krug went down in that same game. Yeah. Bradley had a broken thumb. I remember this ridiculous cast. And yet we, you know, we finished six and four. If we had won one more game, we would have gone to the playoffs. That and, is correct. Yeah. And it, 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 it was unfortunate because we felt like if we made it, we could do some damage, right? We beat a Columbus Academy team that was third ranked in the state. Um, and again, I don't want to make excuses, but um, it, it was heartbreaking to some degree um, to, to have it end you know, to, to not really put your, I don't feel like I was right our whole senior year. And I, I wasn't the only one. Um, but I, you know, I tell you what, you, you started the question with sort of the bond of, 
of the the guys that I played with. And and sometimes you bond because of, you know, great memories and, and wins and trophies. We had some of that, um, but we also bonded because, you know, our hearts were broken at the same time. Um, and I think that, you know, living through that with, with a group of guys, you know, the only people on earth that could really understand that. I mean, even my parents didn't understand how disappointed I was with, with how things played out um, our senior year. And so, you know, living through that with a group of guys, I, I think did, did bond us for, for, for a long, long time. Yeah, that's good. Um, we talk about for uh, the creation of this podcast, we talk about the power of a shared experience. Yeah. And if I do it by myself, it still has that impact on me. But when I can share it with other people and we can go through those highs and lows, yep. it just gets magnified. And in your case and your classmates case, um, you guys have a group chat and you guys talk legitimately weekly. Yep. And those shared experiences I know are the topic quite often as well as what's currently going on in your lives. But um, that's powerful. Yeah. Um, so we can look um, a little bit more in depth for that senior schedule. And we can go with some just uh, sort of memories that jump to your mind about certain games, or we could come back to it. Do you have a preference? No, either way. Okay. Well then, let's uh, let's stay on the uh, on the schedule thing because you set the picture pretty well for uh, for your senior year season. So, um, a lot of hard work put in. Um, I can remember doing the uh, summer running program at the Lynnhurst campus prior yeah. to you know being junior counselors at the HDC Hawking Day Camp. Yep, and. Uh, just the the responsibility and the accountability of making sure that everyone was there and those were not like three and four people there were good turnouts yeah um and then at the end of the day end of the afternoon camps over piling in everyone's uh, upperclassmen that is car and heading up to the gates mills campus to go hit the weights and uh, so it was starting the day with the running program and it was ending with um a session in the weight room and maybe taking it to the field and getting cuts and throwing routes and you yeah. know, all that. So the work was being put in well before two a days as all good teams will do. Um, so the season starts week one at home against Trinity mm. starts, starts with a W um, anything that uh, sticks out as far as an individual play or something that uh, was it 43 to six. Um, I do not have that score in front of me. I think it was a little bit uh, lower than that. Was it lower than that? I seem to recall. I think we'll get fact-checked by Hecht here at some point. Yeah, sure. What stands out to me the most, maybe it was 33 to 6, is, and keep in mind, like, at a personal level, I probably shouldn't have played in that game. Like I mentioned, I, I sprained my ankle in the last game. And it's it's really hard to know as a 17 year old kid, you know, how to weigh, you know, being being there for your teammates every game versus, 
you know, making sure that you're right when it when it really matters. And there's also this sense of I don't really know which are the most important games. Um, right. Like in retrospect, we beat them by enough that we didn't need me. Um, but I didn't know that going in Cortland Lakeview was the team the prior year, which prevented us from being undefeated. Um, so you never really know. Um, but yeah, we, we beat them pretty handily. And I just remember the next day in practice. Um, so Monday practice, um, your dad, and I, I don't know if we were late or just, you know, mouthing off or whatever. And it was something along the lines of 43 to six, 43 to six. You know, why, why even bother having practice today? when We can just roll the ball out and, and win 43 to six. And, and so maybe it wasn't whatever, whatever the score was. Um, so, yeah, I, my, my memories of that game are nil other than um, we won pretty handily. And I think we were. I think we were a little bit uh, overconfident coming off of that game. My memory is um, single play would be Bradley on a safety blitz, timed it up perfectly, just shoots the A-gap untouched, and their quarterback just trying to get rid of it and throwing it hot right to Tim Peppard. Nice. Getting that interception. Wow. That is a great – that is a great memory. Yeah. So we go week two. I mean, it's Cortland Lakeview. Good team. Yeah. Definitely a good team. Um, and it's uh, like we mentioned, it's the uh, site of two seniors, essentially four players because they went both yeah. ways guard and uh, interior defensive lineman and Matt Krug and defensive end tight end and Bobby Mallett. Um, and uh, it was the start of kind of a string of, of, of L's. And it yep. was uh, it was a tough moment, I imagine, for uh, for that part of the season with these high lofty goals coming off of two straight playoff experiences, yep. sophomore and junior year. And uh, that Cortland Lakeview game, what what do you remember of that? Just frustration. I mean, I I, I at a minute, you know, we talk about avenging prior years. Um you know, the, the previous year we lost to Lakeview in in a in painful fashion as well. Um, and, and, but we could have argued the prior year that they snuck up on us. That was not the case this time around at all. Um, we had this game circled and yet, you know, just so many things happened in that game that, that you can't prepare for. Um, and they were, they were a good team. Um, but, you know, I, I feel comfortable in saying at, at full strength, um, we win that game pretty convincingly. Uh, but to your point, I mean, Mallet and, and Krug, I mean, these these are guys that don't you don't just replace as much as you talk about next man up. Um, and it really began this string of of next man up. Right. Um, where um, I want to say uh, Jeff Milborn stepped in for for Bobby at tight end. Yep. And uh, I know Garth Robbins was one of the guys that came into the rotation at defensive end. Um, Cassett was playing end and then Milbourne was the uh, the first alternate. Was he? OK. Yeah. So, so I think Milbourne he was the third piece going in. Yeah. So Milbourne was starting both ways as of that point? Um, I think he was essentially with Garth. Got it. Yeah. Split, splitting that tight end. And 
So, I mean, it's a lot to ask of those guys that nobody was expecting to, to, to be there at, at that point in time. And as I think about, um, you know, I think about all the different ways that things could have turned out differently. Um, I think our senior class, we felt like was so strong that I don't know that we nurtured, you know, some of the the younger guys as much as maybe maybe we could have um, and, and made everybody feel like, um, you know, you're going to play a role in this. Um, now, that, that would have maybe, you know, we weren't clairvoyant, obviously. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's leading by example. And as a captain on that team, to some degree, I feel like um, I could have done a better job in terms of reaching out to some of those younger classes, knowing what, that we're going to need some of those guys. Um, Larry Wilson is, a, is another guy that, that um, you know, ended up being just a, a, a monster of a player. Um, but, you know, at the time, it's, it's, it's a lot to ask for guys to, to step up in that spot. So, you know, it's unfortunate. And, and there were some particular plays in that game that were also, I want to say there was a, I don't know. Am I getting this wrong? Was there an onsides kick that was recovered in that game? So that that was essentially the nail in the coffin for us. We yeah. were trying to get the ball. Um, ah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They were kicking an onside kick and they awarded it to them. Yet Chris Sheehan came out of the pile and was holding it. And we were like, everyone was in disbelief pointing. Yep. It was awarded in our mind to the wrong team. Yeah. Went down yeah. and kicked a game-winning field goal is my understanding, uh, uh, remembering that. so you know, It's one of probably a dozen plays. I mean, of, of the four games we lost, we didn't lose by more than a score, right, in any of them. And so it's one of probably a dozen plays that you can point at to say if it goes the other way, we're in the playoffs. Yeah, so we're going to move on to week three, and we're, we're talking about another close uh, game against independence. That was a home game for us. Um, we more than doubled them in total offense gained, um, but just could not capitalize. And they came out ahead. Good team playoff good. team for independence. Very strong team. Um, pretty decent player by the name of Ted Otero on that team uh, running back and linebacker. I'm sure you probably had quite a yeah. few meetings on both sides of the ball with Mr. him. Mr. Ted Otero. We oh, were it's Mr. <laughs> status for you. Okay. <laughs> well, it's another that's, story, that's some respect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's another game where um, certainly our junior, I, I shouldn't say another game. I do think we overlooked these guys. It, this is one of the, I think somebody went and, and looked back at some point. I think it was your brother, as a matter of fact, happened to be at Independence. And this is one of the banner Independence teams that's ever come down. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, we had blown out Independence our junior year. Um, and I, I can't, for the life of me, I can't remember even playing them our sophomore year. I'm, I'm sure we did, and I don't think it was close. Um, so I, I did, I, I do think a lot of us, felt like that this was the get right game, so to speak. Um, and so um, I, I, if, if there, you know, I talked about 12 plays that could have changed the season. One that was not a play. Um, I, I don't know if you guys still do this, but the, the whole, you know, we've got so-and-so today chant. Do you guys still do that? No, we do not currently do that, but I yeah. know exactly what you're talking so we about. Do it, so we do it the night before and then we do it the day of. 
right? Um, and the day of, um, my head was somewhere else. And, and I remember saying, we've got independence tomorrow and, it's, and they're on the other side of the field. Um, and I really feel like that set the stage that, that we, we, weren't, we weren't there mentally um, for that game. And, and man, they, they hit hard. I remember them hitting hard. And I remember us being in the red zone on a number of occasions, which is which is going to be a common theme, I think, over the course of this, that season. Um, but they just they handed it to us. Um, it was a it was a really good football team. So week four, heading into a rivalry game over at Gilmore. One and we are one and two going into that game. Yep. And uh, once again, we're going to talk about another close miss at the end where a sort of a last flurry attempt to uh, move the ball down the field to get that uh, go-ahead score um, just fall short and uh, maybe 13 to 8 or 14 to 8, something along yeah. those lines. Um, it's never uh, it's never easy to lose a game. It's It, it stings definitely a little bit longer when it's one of the, the main rivals. So. Yeah. so a couple thoughts there. I mean, I, I – so this is week four we're in, right? Um, Correct. And I, at this point, um, we still didn't have Mallet back. Um, I don't think uh, Krug may or may not have been there. Um, for the life of me, I can't remember. But but all I remember is that I hadn't practiced, you know, all year long. And at, at that point, um, you know, the, the garden club, uh, as we called it, uh, was all three of our captains. So uh, Mallet, Bradley, and I were all sidelined, right? Like regularly um, for these games, um, try, just trying to get right. Um, and which is already, you're sort of behind the eight ball to some degree. Um, like I said, I didn't miss any games, but I, I really didn't practice very often. And I remember that Gilmore game, it was about, it, it must've been in the nineties. Um, and so even though I, I felt like my ankle was getting better. Um, somebody that like we'd spent to your point all of summer getting that conditioning in, I was gassed. Like I couldn't, I couldn't breathe by the end of that game. Um, and we kept having to, to, to put in, do, do front it uh, blocking schemes where Cassette and I would both block the defensive end uh, because it, it, it like, I was gassed. Um, I also remember uh, Nolan Hecht having about 78 catches that game. <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it was all, it was Nolan's coming out party. Um, and and it, it was unfortunate that we ended up, you know, wasting it. Um, but it, it was, I think, far and away, probably the, you know, he's that's if you look whatever list you have of, of catches in a game. It's got to be up there. It was probably 12 or 13, to be honest. He was a couple um, under that, but it put some top five. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of the standout performance for us. I mean, there, there were a couple of guys. Um, they had some good good running backs on Gilmore. Um, and I never want to sell an opponent short. Um, but, man, <laughs> wish we could have gotten that one back. Um, for sure. Full Full health. Um, and, and, you know, there were some, there were some turns in that game. We had a lot of turn. We had multiple turnovers, uh, punt and punt returns. Um, you know, it, it, it was, 
that was that was probably the low point of the season because at one in three, you don't feel you know you don't feel like you know, all of these hopes for for something um, at, at some level as confident as I think we were heading into the season, a lot of doubt has to creep in and and there's a certain level of you know I get you know all of these excuses that we can make, but maybe I just sort of overestimated how good we were in the first place. James, everyone talks about momentum when it's positive, but no one talks about what the opposite of that is when it's going poorly. And that type of week two, week three, week four, the way that we lost close ones, the way that we felt like we were just coming up short, those, that momentum is the snowball. Yep. And it's, it's gathering size as it's going and you start to feel it and you try your best and the coaching staff will try their best to try to eliminate that. But, uh, it's real. It's, it's real. So we go into uh, week five, we return home and we have John Hay, Mm -hmm. um, little different result. We get the offense clicking, go for 50, 54, something around there. Um, and the following week, Warrensville. Mm. <laughs> um, that was a Warrensville game that Anthony Cowsett, the running back, set a school record for the time, which was uh, 256. Yeah, in that game, who's got um, that? Who, who did somebody who broke who broke that record? Uh, Jeremy yeah. Simmons right now has it with 399. What? <laughs> yeah. So wow. in, in 2001, we had a epic uh, three overtime uh, back and forth with Wycliffe and Matt Corrin had broke it, shattered it uh, with like three. Hmm, I don't want to be wrong on this one, but I think it's 354. Wow. And then uh, Jeremy, 10 years later, 399. Yeah. That's, so, that's amazing. So, yeah. So that's what sticks out in that Warrensville game for sure is um, Anthony, but to get now uh, two wins in a row starts to kind of do some more for the confidence again. Yeah, no doubt. And, and um, it's funny. Um, so John Hay happens to be the, the, for at a personal level, um, my dad went to John Hay. Uh, and so, uh, you know, there were a lot of jokes in the Hardeman household uh, after that one. Uh, but then Warrensville, I mean, I, I don't know what their record was that year. It probably wasn't great. Um, I don't know. I'm assuming they were they were probably 500 or maybe a little bit better. I think that's probably um, accurate. But they were the most physical team we played um, that year. And and, you know, outside of outside of JFK and maybe maybe a Columbus Academy team. And those guys were physical. Um that game, it's, it's, it's pretty bad that so many of my memories are of pain, but I remember uh, tackling, I mean, they had a running back who must have gone, you know, 220, 230 with, with wheels. Uh, and I remember tackling him and my whole spine, I felt like, went out of, out of, out of, uh, out of line. And it was the first time I'd ever thrown out my back and I, I, I could barely stand up but it was a close game and, you know, there's nothing like the victory formation. Um, and so I'm standing there and I'm the, I'm the deep back in the, in the victory formation. I remember Clint asking me, 
are you sure you're okay to be the, 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 you know, safety valve? And I'm like, I'm hurting, but I got pride. (laughs) Um, And that, and that, you know, at the end of the day, we got the win and, and, you know, you can, you can worry about pain later. Uh, But that was a, that was a big win for us. For sure. So we even up, we're three and three, and now we have this three game stretch of private schools that uh, are all equally challenging. Yeah. Uh, These are not, uh, these are not pushover opponents here. So we, we go ahead and head on the road to Hudson, Ohio for WRA. Um, you go over there and it might be your first look at what PGs are uh, fresh off of the, uh, the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, uh, that game was like one of those games where you guys just, you jumped on it right away and you didn't let up. Yep. Um, I don't think anyone going into that game would have thought that it was going to be as big of a spread as it ended up being. Sure. But uh, you guys were just pretty relentless on defense, especially, and offense just uh, capitalizing, which was nice because we were talking about how there were a lot of like just coming up short moments offensively yep. earlier in the year. I think it was 40, 42 to 14, I think. Wow. Um, so. There was some good stuff in that game for sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to convert. Um, we, we, as we will discuss our kicking game, uh, <laughs> we didn't have a kicking game. Right. Um, and that was really, um, I, 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 maybe I'm, I'm looking at it more from the lens of, you know, these were my teams, but literally we didn't really kick until after you know, the, the infamous game from later in that season. So we're going for it on two, you know, for two point conversions all along sophomore year, junior year. Um, and so, you know, it's feast or famine. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to say that some of this stuff is luck. Some of this stuff is luck when it comes down to, to converting and actually getting, getting a pay dirt. Um, particularly when there's no, it's, it's sixes or zeros. Um, and we got a lot of sixes in that game. Yeah, for sure. Um, following week, road game down Psalm Center Road over at uh, University School. Yeah. Um, I don't like to describe games positively that we ended up on the short side, but it was about as entertaining of a game we've had in program history that we have an asterisk for, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the environment of that game the amount of students and fans and just people from the area that poured into that game and were surrounding um the field yep was pretty impressive um you cannot help but get chills watching it years later on video because there are so many backdrops of students just going crazy in the background after plays um extremely hard fought talent across the board on both sides and yet uh one that really stings yeah yeah i mean look um there's a lot of games that i look back and say um you know if we were right if we were healthy if we were um you know focused on the game that the outcome would have been differently i i 
it's hard for me to objectively look at these two teams and not think that they had the upper hand from a talent perspective. And I don't say that very often. Um, Cause I, obviously I, I, I felt pretty strongly about our talent, but you know, you go down the line and I mean, you know, Nick Casario is the quarterback right now, the, the GM of, of the, the Texans, um, you know, you got Chris Anderson at, at fullback and linebacker. He was a all American at, at John Carroll, um, Ronnie Anderson, who, who, uh, you know, went to Allegheny, but, you know, landed on, you know, spent some time in the NFL. Played with uh, the Packers for, uh, yeah. several summers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and none of those guys were the best player on the team, right? Seville Butler, um, who is, is, I, I don't know. I've got to think he's on the, on the a short list of fastest guys to ever go to, to, to us, um, at running back um was a was a beast right like very seldom um did i feel like we went into a game where there was a where there was a back as as accomplished as calcet right that that we didn't have the clear advantage um at what was at the time right now quarterbacks are the most important position but back then really tailbacks were the most important position um more often than not uh, in my opinion um and he was you know, he was one of the the leading running backs in the in the county. And man, seldom do I step on a field and feel like if I if I make the, a wrong step that this person's gonna be gone. But if I made the wrong step with Seville Butler, he was gonna be gone. And he was a guy that that even going, you know, so our eighth grade year, I think that was that was our only loss. Eh, we might have had one more loss eighth grade year. Our ninth grade year, I'm pretty sure that was our only loss. We beat them. Um, both our sophomore year and junior year, but those got, you know, th- these were all contributors as well. Uh, in a lot of ways, you could say these were, these were, these teams were mirror images of, of one another, right? Um, young guys, young contributors um, that, that came up along the way. Um, nothing but respect for those guys. Um, but having said all that I just said, we shut them out for four quarters, right? And, and, not only did we shut them out, I mean, they didn't cross the 50 um, for, for four quarters. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe they didn't cross the, the R40. James, um, that, was a, that was a game where the defenses were just yeah. so tough and just tightened down on everything. And every, every yard and every first down, the offense had to work so hard so to hard. get. Nothing so, was easy in that game. There was no bust. There was no, yep. you know, someone made a bad play and they popped it for 40 yards. Everything was such a grind to get. Yeah. And I, and so, I mean, at the end of the day, we lost the game and it was, it was disappointing. And, you know, the fact that, and again, maybe this is revisionist history here, but I don't think, I think the playoff rule was pretty new, if not the first year of it, where, um, there used to be ties, right? I'm not sure exactly when we stopped, when we started playing uh, overtime, but this was certainly the first overtime game that I had ever played in. Uh, and it, it always, I always found it offensive as a defensive player that, you know, we had, we had held a team, you know, not 40 yards away from our end zone for four quarters. And then we just give them the ball on whatever it was, the 20 or the 25. Um and they were able to score on us. And so as frustrating as that was, that is the best defensive game um, 
I've ever been a part of that, that, you know, like our, all of our, at this point, we're back to being, you know, guys are nicked up, but we're back to being full steam. Um, uh, and, and we played a, we played a heck of a defensive game and I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. And, and for a loss, um, not only a loss, but we sort of knew after we went one and three that we really had to run the table. Um, turns out that that wasn't a hundred percent true. <laughs> like there, there's a lot of scenarios in which we still could have made it in at six and four. Um, we knew if we lost that game, we were out of the playoffs, but I had a blast. I had an absolute blast playing that game. And, and it was to the point where um, I laughed a lot in that game. It was just, it was just a fun game to be a part of. Um, and, and it's, it's too bad that we came out on the losing end, but, um, yeah, I'm proud of that game. Is there a single play that sticks out in your memory? For me, it's the, uh, it's the streak or the vert down our own sideline to Hecht where he just goes essentially full Desmond Howard on it. Yeah. Just yeah. Great catch horizontal uh, to the ground, brings it in. No question of whether he bobbled it or anything, just a yeah. great catch by Nolan. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many of them. There's so many defensive plays where, you know, just just stopping Seville Butler um, is is I feel like an accomplishment. Um, you know, I remember the whole series of plays in overtime. Um, in that, I mean, the the game. I don't know that the game would have been over. We would have still needed to score, but um, Clint's Clint's playing with a with a club on his hand and had a real chance to to pick off. Casario in the end zone had he had two functioning hands, right? Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I, I remember going in, um, captains going in for overtime, right? You do the coin flip at the beginning of the game, and then you we we huddle together ahead of overtime. And I just remember making some jokes um, to, to some of the U.S. players. Um, it was it was a it was a fun game, um, and I I don't. You know, I regret a lot of things uh, at the end of the game. At the end of the day, I don't I don't regret how we played in that game at all. There have been plenty of matchups with them where there has not been the same respect and it's uh, not been dirty, but you could definitely tell there's a little bit of a chip to uh, yeah. to the approach. Um, you- yeah, I tell you what, after the game, I mean, it was it was guys that I had never actually had a conversation. With. Right. Um, came, you know, Ronnie Anderson came up to me, he's crying. I'm probably crying and just, and just expressed like, you know, how much he appreciated competing against us for years. Um, that, I mean, that sort of thing, that, 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 that stuff means a lot for, for guys that you're, you're battling against. Um, yeah, I I think there was a, there was, there was a lot of mutual uh, respect for sure. So, the following week, we uh, return home for Columbus Academy. They make the trip up north. Uh, a very, very talented Columbus Academy team that, like you had mentioned earlier, was a top uh, two or three team in the state going into yep. that game. A lot of skill positions. They had a, a younger fullback linebacker named Maxwell Stevenson, who was just yep. an absolute bruiser. He ended up out at uh, Stanford. Um supremely talented quarterback that uh, I'm sure we will talk about here in a moment when I mention one of my uh, 
memories from this game. Yeah. Um, talk about going into, into that game against a team as talented, but also, like you said, in the back of your mind, this is that team when I was down in Columbus as a young kid following this 87 team kind yeah. of broke our hearts and our dreams by winning at the horseshoe in Columbus. Um, it's just so crazy. I, I, it's, it's almost unfair it's almost an unfair advantage. I feel like we had against Columbus Academy because from an emotional perspective, they couldn't have taken these games as seriously. as <laughs> Right. Right. Um, it meant so much to us. And I, and I actually remember, you know, I almost need to rewind to the previous year where we went down to Columbus Academy and it was the first time we had played. It was the first time they'd ever been on the schedule. Right. Um, outside of the playoffs or was there a time prior to that? Early, early on, maybe in the eighties or turn of the and at the end of the seventies, we might have had them on the schedule. But after the state championship game, it wasn't until that ninety-one game. Okay, yeah. So we went down in ninety-one, and it was another closely fought game. And it, it was literally again. I say it's unfair because they weren't thinking about it as a state title rematch. We sure were. Um, and I, I've never, I, I, I. Calcet scored what was ultimately the winning touchdown. And normally I'm blocking for Calcet, so I don't have time to really think about it. Um, but I, but in this situation, I was the, the decoy, uh, essentially. And so I just remember him sort of plunging into the end zone the, the, our junior year. And it, I was all sort of, sort of um, teared up uh, because it meant so much to me. Fast forward to our senior year where, I mean, our, our junior year, obviously we were going places. Our senior year, we were sort of left for dead, right? And so um, in, in addition to being supremely motivated against a, a Columbus Academy team, we had nothing to lose at that point, right? Um, expectations were low. We were unranked um, to, to um, state the obvious against this, you know, top two, top three team in the state. Um, and we took it to them. I mean, uh, you know, again, uh, another really good team. And I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember the score. I know it was, it was close. 21, 14, 21, 14. Um, okay. So it, it was close to the end. Um, but you know, um, we played our hearts out in that game and it, it felt so good. That was such a fun game to watch back years and years and years, just a lot of viewings of that game, um, two really talented teams and just talk about big plays in the second half. The two things that kind of stick out in my mind the most, um, Clint Bradley had two huge plays in the second half. One was an interception sort of deep in our end, uh, right in front of our scoreboard end. And then he also had a play where he comes in as like the second guy, probably to the tackle and just, can opener just rips that ball out it pops directly up into view we grab it and though if not for those two plays who knows if they put the ball in one or one or two more times but those two plays for clint and then one for you i remember their quarterback hockenagel is uh dropping back 
can't find anyone sort of feels a little bit of pressure and he's rolling to his left, which is our varsity sideline. And you are coming in, whether it was a designed blitz or just sort of a delayed, delayed scrape and you run them down and the sort of the body language of you and your teammates on the sideline after that play was just so much excitement and celebration in that play. So for me, those things are sticking out big time. I mean, I remember that. I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, we didn't blitz a ton, uh, particularly our senior year. Um, I would tell you that I probably blitz more as a junior. So get whenever you get the opportunity, it, just, uh, it doesn't work out the way you want as, as much as you want. Uh, but yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a big one. For sure. So we go into week 10, five and four, we have a home game against Berkshire, the Badgers, who's having a pretty good year. Yep. Um, and as it gets to the end of the week, a little bit of snow shows up. Yeah. A lot of snow. Yeah. Uh, the type of snow that can alter a game plan and can neutralize um, speed and agility. Yep. A hard-fought game, one that we come out on top to get that sixth win. Um, talk about that game, but then also – sort of the ending of an era, the ending of an experience, you know, you're not going on to play college football, most likely. Yep. How do you know, the thoughts that are just kind of immediate and then yeah. maybe down the road. I mean, I can tell you, and I, and I, 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 sh- I should have pulled out a, uh, I've got our old uh, media book, which I should have pulled out. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, even though the game was fairly close, there was an opportunity for us to just close the door in that game. And I, and I remember over the course of the game, knowing that we're not going to the playoffs, just wanting it to last forever um, and wanting to, to soak up every minute of that football game, because I, 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 I knew, I thought it would be my last one. Um, and I remember we scored or, or we turned them over or whatever it was. Um, and we got the ball back and basically it, you know, we needed a first down or two and the, and the game would be over. Um, and I remember telling Calcette, just don't fumble the ball Calcette and the game is over. <laughs> and so what happens? Calcette fumbles the ball. Right. And I just told him not to fumble the ball. And, and that, but then I said to myself, this means we get to play some more. And I remember saying to Calcette, Thank you, Calcet. We now get to play some more football. Um, <laughs> now, in retrospect, if somehow we had blown the game, obviously I, I, I'd have been singing a different tune. But I just, I just wanted it to keep going. Um, and it, and it, you know, obviously it's the games, but it's the, it's the team dinners and the and the breaking in the field and the um, orangutans. Right? I went down to the great. Great name for the for the pod, but I still remember some of some of those. I still remember my first one. We should we should circle back to that. Um, <laughs> um, just all of the the official traditions, uh, but all the the unofficial stuff um, that you can do. Um, you know, you, you it's not like this was the end with with this cast of characters by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but in that environment with, with sort of that common goal, um, you know, tight, tight group of guys, um, you know, your, your dad, 
um, who, who I think was a significant part of, of all of our lives uh, coming up and becoming young men. Um, just, just sort of understanding how, how all of that was coming to an end. It was, it was crazy. Um, you know, I talked about a game earlier where I didn't feel like our heads were quite in it, or at least my head was quite in it. That was the independence game. But this game, I'm thinking it's like I'm playing and, and we all had, I think, good games, but it was, it was almost this, this surreal, you know, playing while also thinking big picture and, and like, it's, it's like your, your life is, is flashing in front of your eyes. Um, and then it was just this unique game, right. Where, I mean, there's still those pictures up with all that snow in the background. And um, it was a, it was a crazy game from that perspective, um, just cold. And, but you, nobody was, I don't think anybody actually felt cold um, is, is the crazy part about that. Um, so, you know, all, all good things must come to an end. And obviously that season ended, um, in a way that, that we wouldn't have necessarily wanted from a, from a, you know, no playoff birth perspective. Uh, but that game was a lot of fun. fun I, I like that you phrased it, soak it in because, um, either as a player or in my, um, 20 plus years being around the team as a coach, the last game, whether it's week 10 or whether it's, you know, a fortunate, you know, playoff appearance, but whenever that last game is that soak it in is so real because you don't want to leave the field and you are on that field, whether it's in the end zone or on your sideline and no one wants to go. You're yeah. just kind of taking your time going around the, the group and spending yeah. a, a moment like you said, it, it wasn't the end. You guys were still going to be going into the winter season, going into the spring season, spending all this time. But that chapter you knew was coming to an end. And so you had these moments where you sort of had a little bit of closure with teammates, with coaches, and a lot of time soaking it in on the field. And if it was a home game, so for this Berkshire game, how much time, how many hours did you spend in the locker room and then taking the wings and the zonks off your helmet we're, we're probably talking like two and a half hours after the game minimum you're Easy. going in to turn your equipment in. Easy. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if I were, if I were to give a piece of advice to, to current players, it would be so good in from day one. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, you get to into the dog days of summer and it's, you know, it's hot and you're doing two a days and there's all these things going on. But I, I think with the perspective of whatever, 30 years, um, there's so few of those, right? Games, but even practices, right? There's, there's so little time that you get to spend with your best friends, right? Creating this, this brotherhood and, and um, going after this collective goal um, and, and becoming men together that, man, I mean, don't, you know, take advantage of every second of that because it ends quick. Um, and then when it, 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 it gets compressed, you know, further and further compressed over the course of your, your senior year into the last game and the last half and the last quarter and the last series um, of, of your football career, man, um, I mean, it's, it's something. James, that is, that is the single most difficult thing for a player yeah. to understand and comprehend in that moment because I can remember hearing those messages 
in high school and you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? We still have this many games left or, you know, like this is, this feels like it's going on, you know, and then becoming a coach and giving that message each and every year to the kids, just like valuing it. And you're like trying to do your part to say, this is something I feel like I fell short on. I'm going to help you out. Yep. Like enjoy, embrace, like you are blessed. Love this. Yeah. It's and hard, some and some do and some yeah. don't and yeah you know I mean, but it's, it's impossible to give a kid you know preemptive <laughs> perspective these right? are 17 and 18 year old <laughs> seniors right. so There's so much going on and to be honest i mean these kids the kids probably have more going on than we did right um and so it's hard for that message to 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 pierce through but the the, the thing about it is there's there are a few things in your life that you can really have closure on at that stage, right? Um, if, if ever, um, so much of what we do is sort of building for something a year from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, right? Um, uh, building a career, building a, uh, a marriage, building a family. These are decades long pursuits. Um, Football, sports, high school sports are something that you can um, not only see the the fruits of your hard work in real time, and that, that's what's so awesome about it. Um, you get out what you put in um, quickly. Um, it might not seem like it's quick at the time, but, you know, looking back, I mean, I went from, <laughs> I was so bad in seventh grade, not knowing anything, to really thinking we had a shot at things uh, by our senior year. It just comes quick, um, but the, that 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 is a blessing and a curse, right? I mean, the 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 beauty of that is you can you can have sort of this complete chapter uh, by the time you turn eighteen. That is that's that's something special. I would even argue that the more you put in, the more you get out. That it's not an equivalence that yeah. you put it in and this sport will pay you off so many yeah. ways down the road, whether it's with the relationships or the characteristics and attributes of uh, success and just having a good work ethic and understanding what all of that is. Yeah. There's, there's seldom a, uh, I don't want to say a day, but um, so much of what we do, um, you know, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to discern what is what is who you are from the experiences that you feel feel like built who you are right nature versus nurture but it is it is physically impossible for me to think about me as a person without factoring in talking football and and those experiences um and you know i draw from those things the good and the bad the for sure we had the 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 failures that I had as a as a as an athlete, the failures that I had as a captain, um, all of those things have been relived, <laughs> believe me, um, time and again, and fundamentally have have made me a better person. Um, uh, I mean, it, it's 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 almost incomprehensible how significant of a role that's played in my life, but fact of the matter is um when you talk to people that had this shared experience you're not unique 
right? And it's it's the people that were in my class. It's the people above me and below me. It's the people that I've never met before, <laughs> right? That are that were there a decade after, two decades after, a decade before. Um, that that you know you talk to these people at you know events like your dad's retirement or you know the opening of of the the field. Um, that it's like wow, he this person went through a lot of the same stuff that I did, and 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 I would tell I know I'm rambling, but I would tell you. Um, there was a time when I just thought it was a football thing and there's, there's some great thing. There's, there's sports. And then there's, there are the specific sort of character building, uh, aspects that I think football bring that maybe some other sports don't Right, the sheer number of people involved in a football team and, and how sort of building and, and interacting in a, in a culture and, and sort of following and then leading, um, that are very specific to football. But I, I think I don't think I realized how sort of a unique environment it was to play Hawking football until, you know, you go off to college and you meet plenty of other people that that played sports, played football that had very different experiences um, that that in a lot of instances weren't weren't nearly as as uh, character building uh, as as ours was. Nicely put. We are going to move on to a uh, segment that we're calling the two minute drill. And so it's going to be a little bit uh, quicker fire and we'll see, uh, we'll see how many we work through here. You can spend as much time on, on them as you want. If it's just a one word or one line response, so be it. So, all right. What tradition was your favorite? Uh, I'd say it was the orangutans. Can you name a song from your senior year game tape? Uh, I'm sure I could. <laughs> I know I know that I can. The, the only question is discerning which were senior versus junior. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll throw out uh, Don't Believe the Hype. Nice. Uh, biggest hit received? <laughs> I'm going to throw out the one that you always made fun of me for. <laughs> not, not making fun, just recognize it. <laughs> so, and I, and I don't, and I, this was a big hit. I never said it was like this massive linebacker, but uh, Manchester, our junior year, um, it was a scoreless game again, right? How do we end yep. up in these scoreless games? Um, and I got the ball at maybe the 25, if I had to guess 25, 30, um, and ran it down to the one. And I, and I, I, you know, I didn't know what to do. (laughs) If I, do I try to, do I try to get airborne? Do I get low? Do I try to put a spin on? I didn't, I didn't do any of those things. I just went straight and tried to be faster than the guys that came in. And the, and a guy came in and hit me and I'm pretty sure, I'm not exactly sure how this happened, but I think I broke my nose, right? Like I had a face, (laughs) I had a face mask, but somehow he hit my nose to the point where is that? Yeah. Um, to the point where I was a little dizzy there and I'm, I'm pretty sure in pictures thereafter, my nose is, 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 it looks like I'm cross-eyed <laughs> because my nose is uneven at that point. Um, it was the, the other time in my career that I remember, um, 
I remember uh, Trip McCrack or no, it was either Trip. Uh, I think it was Trip asking me if I was okay to stay in the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're on the one yard line about to score the winning touchdown. You're not taking me out of this game, even though I probably should have gone out of the game. Um, but yeah, so that was a very long answer, but that was a, that that hurt a lot. Nice. All right. That was our uh, two-minute drill there. Uh, you had mentioned that your favorite tradition was tangs, and then you said you might have even remembered your first tang. I do remember my first one. Um, what, was this uh, was this one that was good, terrible, or got you in trouble? Because I feel like those are the three main subcategories. Well, it didn't. So my first one, um, <laughs> there were plenty that I wouldn't repeat that, that, you know, they weren't terrible, but that I wouldn't repeat here. But I remember our, my first one, and I'm assuming that it always worked out this way, which is that sophomores are allowed to 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 give an orangutan, um, but not encouraged. <laughs> it's probably the, the way that I would put it. Sometimes um, encouraged at the end of a long bus ride because okay. it, it, it's yeah. almost like looked at as filler, and then yeah. uh, right as as and so here's the thing: the first time a, a sophomore gives one. All of the upperclassmen are just are just waiting <laughs> to pounce that like this. If you don't get this perfect, if it's not the perfect rhyme or there yeah. is a 0.5 second yes. delay in yep. getting it out. That's exactly right. Done. Uh, Back of the bus is owning you. Yeah, exactly. So um, a little quick background um, are the first game of our sophomore year was against Beachwood. First game I ever started on varsity. Uh, I also forgot my cup, which was a whole nother story. And I was scared to death. And there was this kid on Beachwood that I thought was going to kill me. I'd lived in Beachwood, by the way. So I knew these guys. Um, I remember telling Mallet that I forgot my cup. That's not even part of the story. So there's this kid named Nick Petty, uh, who was a really good running back that went to Beachwood. Um, and we, 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 the best way to put it is that we escaped that game. I think it was eight, six. Yeah. Um, and so the two point conversion was a difference. And it was a it was a two point conversion from like the 20 because uh, Twyman <laughs> and Lacey got a unsportsman like doing their uh, slaughter and Langhorn impersonation with a high five after the after the touchdown. I think Wait. the I think the referees might have even allowed the first attempt to pass <laughs> without right. without throwing the flag. I think it was the right. fact that they tried to reset it two or That's three right. times and still were miserable at it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Nick Petty, we we beat them against Beachwood. And those are some good teams. Tony Britt, the Britt brothers, uh, Dewan Gray, like some some good football players. Nick Petty was on that team. In the middle of the season, Nick Petty transfers to U.S. To U.S. So we now have to play this kid a second time, which somehow doesn't quite seem fair, right? No, no. (laughs) I'm not sure how that works. No, it sounds like the wild, wild west of free agency, like at the the turn of the century where like someone would just get on the train and head to the next uh, city and play for another university. Right. Um, (laughs) So we beat U.S. at U.S. Um, and we're on the bus at the way back on the way back. And I was like, I, I think I got I think I got one. And <laughs> and I just remember as I go to do it, um, I remember Tony Twyman looking at me, just <laughs> waiting for me to screw up. <laughs> just wait. He's looking. And um, so I was like, I went down to the river. Uh, yeah, yeah. And man, it sure was cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Hey, Nick Petty. Yeah, yeah. Now where are you going to go to school? <laughs> and, <laughs> that is good. I just, I just remember. That is good. Simon looking at me, pausing. And I was like, is he going to rip me? And he was like, ah! <laughs> 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 so, and it just felt so good. Um, I had plenty that I screwed up subsequent to that. Um, but that was... That That's was fantastic. Plan. I would tell you one more quick anecdote. Um, and, and this probably, we broke all the rules. Um, after we beat Columbus Academy, we just did orangutans walking down the road. <laughs> on the, that's on the a, walk that's a first. To the locker room. We felt so good. We were just going to do some. We just did the slow walk back and did some rank. I'll give you one more anecdote. We're at Bill Mann's wedding. <laughs> his rehearsal dinner. And there's a bus ride back to the hotel. Well, of, course, of course, of course, of course, tangs are coming out. <laughs> of course they're coming out. Meanwhile, we've got wives and, and girlfriends <laughs> that are like, what is wrong with you guys? Um, so I, I'll never miss an opportunity. Oh, that is fantastic. Let's take a pause for this week's Ask Coach segment. If you'd like to be a part of the Ask Coach segment, Visit the I Went Down to the River Instagram account, and there you can submit your questions. This week's question, what was the hardest challenge of being a first-time head coach? Well, uh, my career uh, coaching started in 1972, and uh, I had uh, just graduated uh, from Concordia, and I got a job at uh, Luther South in Chicago, and it was... uh, uh, comparative speaking, I guess, to where I spent most of my uh, career, it was a, a bigger school. It was a, just over a thousand kids, and uh, and so that was a lot of a lot of a lot of athletes to choose from. And uh, uniquely, though, that they had just uh, they had a varsity schedule and a fresh soft schedule. Uh, they had come to you know come back to Cleveland, and uh, you know they have fresh soft JV varsity, so they have three levels and probably with half the size of the student body but uh but we had uh we had uh that uh um fresh soft schedule and uh, i remember when i interviewed to accept the job and was offered the teaching position there the uh the, the principal who was uh ironically his name was steinberg and when i came to hawken uh, uh headmaster superintendent was the uh, was stenberg uh, uniquely there but that's a, just an aside bar but i remember that uh down at luther south that he, he sat down with me he says you know i could make you an assistant on the varsity he said but uh i could give you the fresh soft team and let's see what you're really worth okay uh he was at the end of his career retired the next year but anyway he gave me that and uh i had uh, one of the largest squads mid 40s maybe 46 47 players on that team fresh off and uh, i had one assistant and the assistant was a uh, i was i think in the science department and he would come out just like he went to the classroom with his coat and tie on every day and uh, he uh, he was just assigned as a help i think more than anything else it was just in case somebody got hurt uh, somebody could take care of that and watch the rest of the team but uh, uh, the result of all that, though, was that uh, just about everything was done in a team setting, not in individual settings uh, where you would break it down to uh, uh, by positions and have uh, the backs or receivers or the line and everybody and then go from a group to a team setting. If everything was just in a team setting that we would do. And uh, that was, uh, again, was that the, the 
hardest challenge of being a first time it was quite a quite a challenge being a first time coach and uh you know we were we were very fortunate that uh, that we had a, a winning season and uh it was uh, a good feeling to to work in that regard and now back to the interview so tell us a little bit what you're up to these days um, what do you find yourself staying busy with? What is it that you do for a living? Yeah, so um, I am, I, for 20 years now, have, have been on, you know, been on Wall Street, quote unquote, uh, by way of, you know, my Shaker Heights <laughs> um, office here. Uh, I work for a company called Wedbus Research. I'm a uh, equity research analyst, um, which basically means I, I research uh, stocks, uh, and I cover specifically the, the leisure and travel industry. So, uh, motorcycles, boats, off-road vehicles, cruise, cruise lines, uh, have not had a particularly good year. Um, you know, online travel companies, uh, I'm sure I'm missing something theme parks. Um, so it's a, it's a fun coverage group where I, you know, I basically, um, make recommendations you know i think you should own this i think you should should you know get out of it um that sort of thing uh, with our with our big clients being you know institutional investors so mutual funds or hedge funds as you can imagine it's been a crazy 12 months um can't so even I, begin to imagine yeah it's been it's been absolutely it's been absolutely insane um so that's what i for the better i, I was a consultant straight out of uh, college, went back to business school and have been doing this. Um, and I would say more recently, so starting this year, there, there's this, um, the other big sort of venture in my life is, um, is a nonprofit called Youth Opportunities Unlimited, um, which you may have, you've probably heard me talk about at least via Facebook. Yeah. Um, which, you know, whose goal is to essentially provide job training and, and job opportunities to, to disadvantaged youth in, in Cleveland. Um, Cleveland and, and some of the, the surrounding suburbs. Um, and that has been a, a, a huge addition to sort of um, what I'm trying to get accomplished in life. I recently uh, became the, the chairman of, of that uh, board of directors and, and that takes up a Significant chunk of my time as well, um, but is it is uh, it is extremely rewarding. I, I like to say, what I do for a living um, doesn't help anybody, but but uh, some rich guys, um, and and secondarily me. Um, this is sort of what I what I would at least like to say uh, gives back to a certain degree. So is there a place where someone listening right now could go and get a little bit more information or maybe even support that cause, that nonprofit? Absolutely. Youthopportunities.org, uh, I believe, is the website. Um, there are, if you're not, a, if, if the one you're on doesn't say Cleveland, Ohio, then you're in the wrong place. Um, but that is, uh, that's the way to go. Yep. Youthopportunities.org. Youthopportunities.org. Awesome. So got, got plug in. <laughs> yeah, def, definitely visit that and learn more about that uh, nonprofit cause that James is a part of. Um, so as someone who very involved with that football experience and years later, it has a continuous impact. Um, 
is there a phrase or a saying from football that you apply to either your personal and or professional life? Wow. Um, there's so many that, uh, that used to be, uh, I just remember there were all these phrases up in the, in the, uh, in the locker room, uh, not in the locker room, in the weight room, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple. Um, and I, and I think about things that I, that I tell my kids, um, excellence with no regrets is a big one. Uh, obviously that's a, that's a big part of sort of hawking football over the years. Um, I remember one that we used to talk about, um, if, if what you did yesterday still looks good today, you, you haven't accomplished very much today. It's a good one. Uh, that, that's been one that, you know, you, you try to distill things to pass on to your kids. And it's in, in so many different ways, um, similar lessons that, that, that a coach would, would want to pass on to, to players. Um, that is, that is certainly a, a big one. Um, Man, I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting, but but that's a good one. There was a quote that I always used to, and I think I, I pinned up in my locker at some point from Vince Lombardi, uh, something along the, the lines of, I, I firmly believe a, a man's greatest, uh, greatest accomplishment is, is laying on the, the field of battle um, after, you know, ex- I forget the specifics, after exhausting, you know, putting everything they've, they've had into the battle and, and laying there victorious. Um, and I, I think as, as we think about sort of the previous conversation, man, um, we were not victorious at the end there, but I sure put it everything I had uh, into, into hockey football over those, those years. Um, so that was certainly a, a, a big one. Yeah. And for, uh, for those efforts, um, thank you for that, uh, commitment to the program that, uh, that footprint or that fingerprint that you put on the program that is lasting. And, uh, I thank you for the time that you, uh, sat down and joined in on this conversation and took this trip down to the river. Uh, James, it was great talking to you. Glad to hear everything is going well and, uh, all of the best. Uh, moving forward. Likewise. It's been great talking to you, Dan. This is a, this is a genius idea you put together with this podcast, because at the end of the day, I think every, every everybody that's going to do this w- would have loved to do this, even if, even if it weren't being recorded, right. Um, we can, we can tell these stories all day. So thank you for everything that, that you continue to do for the program. Um, this, this has been a blast. Appreciate that. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.